and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, UFO mutilations. I found this article on History.com by Colin Bertram, uh, dated January 10th, 2020. The title is The Dark Connection Between UFOs and Grizzly Mutilations. The article begins, the details are both grizzly and strangely surgical. Corpses found under the open sky with their eyes plucked out, tongues removed, and private parts excised, all extracted with utmost precision and leaving not a drop of blood. Now this is something we've talked about at length here. Is you have a large bull or cow, they might have anywhere from 6 to 10, 11 gallons of blood. Imagine 10, 11, 12 gallons of blood just disappearing. It just seems completely unlikely. In fact, it seems impossible. Reports of such unexplained mutilations carried out on both humans and animals have baffled investigators for decades, leading to speculation about whether the perpetrators might be otherworldly beings conducting biological experiments on Earth's inhabitants, while scores of reports have emerged from western and midwestern states detailing mysterious bloodless animal mutilations, human cases have been far less common and often too much sketchier in their documentation. One of the most shocking cases, the Lovett-Cunningham incident, involves an American Air Force sergeant allegedly abducted by a saucer-like aircraft after which his cleanly mutilated body was found in the New Mexico desert. This falls under the Enigmatic Project Grudge Report 13. The article states, In UFOlogy circles, reports have circulated that the case was studied by Project Grudge, one of the earliest U.S. Air Force programs tasked with investigating sightings of unidentified flying objects in the years after World War II. <clears throat> Project Grudge was a short-lived precursor to the better-known Project Blue Book, which ran from 1951 to 1969, many documents from which are now declassified. The result of the Air Force investigation into the purported abduction was allegedly a 600-page document labeled Project Grudge Report 13. Problem is, no official information on Report 13 exists, and the U.S. government denies its very existence, so its details are known only... <clears throat> from second-hand sources who claim to have seen and analyzed the document. One account came from controversial conspiracy theorist William Cooper, who lived from 1943 to 2001, who asserts he was tasked with analyzing an annotated version of Grudge Report 13 in the early 1970s. The other came from William English, a former Greenbury captain who says he too was asked to analyze the document while assigned to a U.S. security service at a former Royal Air Force base in Chicksands, England. English dictated two audio cassettes outlining what he remembered from Report 13 and according to Military Encounters with Extraterrestrials, the Real World of the Worlds by author Frank Joseph Eng by, by author Frank Joseph. English also participated in a 1991 Colorado radio broadcast where he discussed his findings. Cooper's and English stories echo one another closely. 
Both recount an alleged incident of March 1956 involving Air Force Sergeant Jonathan P. Lovett, who was assisting Major William Cunningham in the White Sands Missile Testing Grounds near Holloman Air Force Base in New Mexico, while searching for scattered debris from a recent rocket test, Cunningham was shocked when he heard a loud scream. Thinking Lovett had perhaps been bitten by a snake, English recounts Cunningham crossed the dune to aid his partner when he purportedly witnessed one of the more bizarre human extraterrestrial encounters. Instead of finding Lovett nursing a snake bite, Cunningham, according to English, recounted seeing the soldier being dragged by a long serpentine arm wrapped around his legs, connected to a silver disc hovering in the air 15 to 20 feet away. Cunningham watched, frozen in horror, as Lovett was pulled inside the craft, which then rose vertically into the sky. The Major then stumbled toward his jeep and radioed for assistance. Security teams arrived, and the disturbed Cunningham was confirmed was confined to the base hospital for observation and treatment after retelling what he believed he witnessed. According to Joseph's Military Encounters book, base personnel did confirm an unidentified radar contact near Holloman at the time Lovett vanished. The base dispatched search parties into the desert. But it would be three days before Levitt's nude corpse was discovered, some ten miles from the site of the alleged abduction. From all indications, the body had been exposed to the elements for 24 to 48 hours. This is something we see over and over again with these missing person cases that show up at the parks that David Pilates talks about so often. They seem to just be transported through the air and dropped somewhere and to have been laying out for two or three days. Even after searches have gone over the grounds repeatedly, they go over them a third or fourth time, and then there's the victim laying there, <laughs> exposed to the elements. According to English, their report offered no explana- explanation of what might account for the missing third day. <clears throat> and the autopsy performed on Lovett raised more questions than delivered answers. So the guy's been gone for three days, but he's only been dead for a day or two. And nobody can explain where he was at for that day, that missing day, or possibly even missing two days. But what we have is an eyewitness account that he was abducted into a spacecraft. And this is something that's been speculated with many of these cattle mutilation cases. They find these mutilated cattle drained of blood, and they're just laying out there in a field somewhere. They can't even find the tracks from where the cow walked to where they were found found mutilated and dead at. It's it's as if they were picked up at point A, taken somewhere, and then the body was disposed randomly at point B. And this seems to be the same thing that happened to this poor fellow, if you believe what they're telling us here. The article continues. First question was, why had Lovett's corpse been so severely mutilated? His tongue had been cut from the lower portion of the jaw, his eyes gouged out, and his anus removed. In the Air Force medical examination report pertaining to the incident, English alleges that the coroner remarked on the apparent surgical skill used to remove the organs, in particular that the anus and genitalia had been neatly extracted like a plug. Perhaps most puzzling was the fact that the body had been completely drained of blood. But surprisingly, there was no vascular collapse usually associated with death by bleeding. This is exactly what we see in the cattle mutilations. 
eyes gouged out, their anus and genitalia removed, and blood completely taken from the body. What is going on with the blood? Though Grudge Reports 1 through 12 have been declassified along with Report 14, no official mention or accounting of Report 13 exists. The loving the Lovett Cunningham case remains unsubstantiated and no follow-up reports regarding the incident, if it did in fact happen, are available. The article continues, the, the wider mutilation phenomena. It says, a newspaper clipping found in the now declassified FBI documents from their investigation into animal mutilations in 1970s. Hang on a second. They're just now declassifying documents of animal mutilations in the 1970s? 50 years after the fact they're getting around to declassifying this stuff? You have to wonder what in the world are they trying to cover up. The article goes on. While easily disregarded as fiction, the alleged 1956 New Mexico incident offers intriguing parallels to other reported mutilations, both past and present. In 1988, a body was allegedly found in the Gurupanga Reservoir in Brazil. According to reports, the victim had been dead for 48 to 72 hours, but there was no sign of decomposition. The eyes, ears, tongue, and genitalia had been removed, as had the digestive organs. Officials were never able to identify the victim. Widespread reports of livestock mutilation also contain similar details. Since the early 1970s, incidents of mutilated cattle, sheep, horses, rabbits, deer, bison, and elk have been recorded with the bloodless corpses often lacking jaw, flesh, eyes, ears, tongue, lymph nodes, and genitalia. In 2009, the Denver Post reported four calves were found mutilated in similar ways. NPR reported on a 2019 incident in Colorado in which five young purebred bulls mysteriously showed up dead, drained of blood, and with body parts excised. Now, we have covered that case on the podcast extensively. And you can go to the podcast, you can go to the blog and find links, and see the pictures of these things, there's no blood. It almost looks to me like the organs, the bodies were mutilated with some sort of laser tech. It's just that clean. It's almost like it's just been, like the wounds have been cauterized. And it's interesting what they said about this gentleman's body that was supposedly was found mutilated and drained of blood. The blood vessels and blood veins hadn't even collapsed like you would normally expect. Whatever's draining this blood is doing it in a way that that we just don't have the capability to do with our current medical technology. And if those bulls were killed where they stood, there would have been blood around their feet. You don't just drop 10 or 12 gallons of blood. Just imagine two 5-gallon buckets of blood being spilt. But but not a drop of it, as the NPR lady pointed out in that in that article she did. Not a single drop of blood. And remember, when she printed that article, boy, the debunkers came out swinging. Just because she made a simple observation that there was no blood. And that blows away all their conspiracy theories about this being some sort of 
uh, homicidal group of cow tippers out there looking to knock over cows and kill them. She blew that whole theory out of the water by making one simple operation, not a, one simple observation, not a single drop of blood. Now the article goes on. It says a lot of people lean toward aliens. Harney County Sheriff's Deputy Janet Jenkins told NPR. One caller told us to look for basically a depression under the carcass because he said that the alien ships will kind of beam the cow up and do whatever they are going to do with it. Then they just drop from a great height. I'd have to disagree with that only to say that they're not dropping these things from a great height. They seem to be taking them up and putting them down with some sort of tractor beam. Or maybe this guy said... He saw this long serpentine arm come out and grab the and grab this poor fellow. Who knows? But they're being removed and they're being placed without creating a lot of disturbance. That's clear. So numerous, so numerous did reports of a cattle mutilation become in western and midwestern states in the 1970s that the FBI was asked to step in and investigate. But according to now declassified documents, they were unable to properly perform the task due to jurisdictional jurisdictional issues. Well, what's going on there? They can't they can't do their job because of jurisdictional issues. Are they trying? Is, is the FBI trying to say that local law enforcement is keeping them from investigating the crime? Why would they do that? That doesn't make any sense. It says in the, the article goes on says. In the 37 parallel, <clears throat> the secret truth behind America's UFO highway, author Ben, <clears throat> excuse me, author Ben Mesrick writes that dating back at least 50 years, some 10,000 cattle have been mutilated in the Midwest along the 37 line of latitude. No official answer has ever been given to these strange and unsettling incidents, and they remain unsolved. And that's where the article ends at. I think, though, that it's it's encouraging that at least the History Channel is beginning to address the fact that not only do we have uh, mutilations of livestock, such as cattle, but they also report in this article that there's mutilations of wild animals. So apparently these things are just taking whatever target presents itself. And then we have, we have the exposure here of mutilations of people and that's the scary part and it makes sense though on so many levels when we find that the FBI is keeping their investigations declassified when they're claiming that they weren't able to uh, that they weren't able to investigate because of jurisdictional issues now I can't imagine that a local sheriff or a local police department is going to have enough power or enough clout to keep the FBI from investigating a crime like this. Maybe the jurisdiction, maybe the jurisdictional issue was further up the food chain. Maybe the jurisdictional issue was between the U.S. military or some deep state agency and the FBI, and not something lower down the food chain. That would make sense to me. But what you can see from all of these is you clearly have victims whether it's cattle, sheep, horses, some other domesticated animal, whether it's wild animals, or whether it's even humans. And the MO is the same in every single case. We have gouged out eyes, we have sex organs removed, we have anus removed, all done with surgical precision, and most importantly, the blood's removed. And not only is there no blood evidence of the crime scene, 
even the blood vessels and blood veins don't collapse like they normally do when an animal or a person is bled out. Which tells us that whatever means that they're using to drain that blood is something that's completely unknown to us, completely beyond our own technology. Everything we see here, all of the evidence, points to some sort of off-world or non-human entity that's committing these UFO crimes and not a random bunch of yahoos or Satan worshippers running around randomly sacrificing animals or even people. The second thing we have was what appears to be a cover-up. Because what else can you call it when 40, 50 years after the fact, law enforcement agencies are still keeping all of the evidence that they uncovered classified? At what point do we just say, declassify this stuff? Whoever committed the crimes is probably no longer with us. The families of the victims, many of them have passed on. So why are we still keeping this stuff, these investigations classified 40 and 50 years later? Are we covering up the incompetence of the agencies? Are we covering up their own fear of appearing incompetent? Or is there something they have uncovered that they're afraid that we that if we find out that there's going to be some sort of societal dis, discontrol? The answers remain to be seen. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.